0: Unto Thy Lord be Thy glory, great things He has done. Unto Thy Lord be Thy glory, great things He has done. Oh, great things He has done, greater things He will do. Unto Thy Lord be thy glory greatest he has done unto thy lord be thy glory greatest he has done unto thy lord be thy glory greatest he will do oh yes greatest he has done greater things he will do unto thy Lord be thy glory greatest He has done. We just appreciate God and bless the name of the Lord. Let's give Him all the praise for another opportunity to gather before Him. Let's appreciate Him. We went out since morning, and the Lord has brought us back again to study at His feet. One thing I know is that no man comes before Him and goes back the same. I want us to thank Him because in the name of the Lord, we will not go back the same today. The blessings of God that comes as people gather shall be our portion today in the mighty name of Jesus I want you to pray that the word of God will enlighten your heart, the word of God will will open up your heart, open up your eyes to see what God asks for you, to see the kind of rest God has purposed for you through his word and I want you to pray in the name of the Lord that you will not go the same way you have come the Lord will bless you and meet you at the point of your needs, in the name of god the father and of the son and of the holy spirit shall we pray father in the mighty name of jesus we thank you because you are god and we bless your name because you are king Unto you be all the glory. You have done so great, many great things for us. In fact, bringing us together again is another great thing that you have done. And this evening we are saying take all the glory in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. As we come together to study at your feet, our Lord and our God, let the blessings that go with those who gather before you, our Lord and our God, not be missing in the name of Jesus. Amen. In blessing you will bless Amen. us. And at the climax of it all, every one of us will declare that you have done us well. Let it be so in the name of God the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen. Amen. Give all the glory to God for this wonderful opportunity to congregate and gather at His feet to receive the engrafted Word of God, which is able to make us wise, Unto salvation through faith, which is in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. In the book of 2 Timothy, chapter 3, verse 15, Paul was writing to his son Timothy, and he said that, that from a child thou hast known the Holy Scriptures, which is able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. Um, and the Word of God, the Scriptures, can make us wise unto salvation as we put our faith in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And I want to say that um, um, once again, this is our month of rest and completion for those of us who are in Igbe Church. And um, as the Lord lives, can I pray a prayer for you? You and your family will never lack divine rest that God offers Through his son, Jesus Christ, in the mighty name of Jesus. I want you to believe the word of God. Hold on to the word of God. Make sure you are praying it every day. And in the name of the Lord, rest and completion shall be your portion in the mighty name of Jesus. For the past two weeks, we have been doing an expository teaching on the book of Hebrews, chapter 3 and chapter 4. Chapters 3 and chapter 4. Um, with particular reference on the promise of God for divine rest for those who believe in Him. Now, I want you to note something that divine rest, like we have been seeing, is only for those who believe God, those who trust in God, those who have faith in God. And we have seen that Christ's Who is the giver of this rest? He said, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. And I will do what? I will give you rest. Christ is the giver of the rest that God offers. You can't find rest in money. You can't find rest in your job. You can't find rest in your marriage or whatever. It is only when you do what? When your heart is stayed on Christ that you can locate the rest of God. So we have also seen that um, um, Christ, like I said, who is the giver of the rest that God offers, is superior to Moses. Um, Moses is, as far as the Jews were concerned, they see they saw Moses as the most honored prophet. But we are seeing tonight that even as what? Even as the, as they see him as their most honored prophet, Christ Jesus is is still far, far more superior than Moses. Because like we saw, while Moses was only a servant, a faithful servant in the house, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is the Son over the house. He's the Son over the house. We are therefore to consider Jesus and not Moses or any other prophet as the example to follow. You see, many of us make mistakes when we pray, we pray through prophets, we pray through men of God, and so on and so forth. I want you to know that our focus must be on Christ Jesus. He's the example to follow. He's the example to follow. I want to say it again that Christ Jesus is the example to follow. And we are to focus on Him. Because it is only when we focus on Him that we can have peace, perfect peace. It says, it says God keeps in perfect peace and rests those whose mind are stayed on Him. In Isaiah 26 verse 3, the Bible says, Thou will keep in perfect peace that will keep him in perfect peace whose mind has stayed on him because he trusted in thee so as many whose mind has stayed on god and not on the things of this world not on the challenges they are facing god will give them perfect peace that's a point you need to take note of are you there listening to me troubled by one thing or the other Maybe sickness, maybe maybe lack of finance or whatever. Don't put your mind on those things. Put your mind on Jesus who is able to meet you at the point of your needs. Paul was saying in the book of Philippians chapter 4 verse 13 that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And then when you go to verse 19 of that same chapter 4, it says, My God shall supply all my needs according to His riches in who? In Christ Jesus. Listen to me. Whatever you need, whatever you believe God for, can only be true His Son, Jesus Christ. So let your mind be on Him. Let your focus be on Him. And that is, like I said, the only way you can have the kind of rest That God offers His children. We have also seen that as believers we are to ensure that we do not add in our hearts in unbelief and thus failing to enter into God's rest of faith. When we add in our hearts in unbelief, in disobedience, we are not able to enter the promise of God of rest for us. Um, and and the matter of rest should be very critical to every one of us as believers. Whether on this part of eternity or even as we translate to uh, uh, when our assignment on this part of eternity would have been completed. Um, it should be a, of critical concern to everyone as a believer. That's why we are taking the whole of this month to look at it. Because the, this rest that we are talking about is the rest of peace. With God. Anyone, any believer who has had an encounter and is a partaker of the rest, God's rest that we are talking about, he has peace with God. He has peace with God. It's the kind of rest that God Himself also enjoyed. Um, the kind of rest that God himself also enjoyed. Don't forget that he created the world in, for, in six, for six days. And in Genesis chapter 2, verse 2, the Bible says God rested from all his works. And like we have seen, it's not a rest from what? From labor. Because even up to now, God is still working. It's not as if he decided to fold his hands and say, we will not work again. It was a rest of completion. He had completed his work. And he decided to rest because he was satisfied. It's a rest of satisfaction. He was satisfied with what he had done. It's also a rest of fulfillment. So when a believer enjoys God's kind of rest, he is satisfied with whatever he's doing concerning the assignment God has committed unto his hands. He finds fulfillment. He finds fulfillment. And then number three is also the rest of deliverance and salvation. We takes diligent faith to enter into so three things rest of peace with god rest um, rest that god himself enjoyed um, which is the rest of completion satisfaction and fulfillment and then um, also the rest of deliverance and then um, salvation and all this will take your diligent faith to enter into Without faith, you can't please God. Without faith, you can't receive from God. Without faith, I'm saying today, you cannot enter into that rest. And then last Tuesday, we rounded up by taking a look at the rest which the Word of God promises um, um, those who believe. You know, we began to look at the Word of God. And then um, rest, like we saw, is obtained by uniting with the living, active Word of God. When we unite ourselves and allow the Word of God to become part and parcel of us by faith. We miss it with faith. And then through that faith, we are able to obey the, uh, obey the Word of God and claim the promise that God has made available for us. We are able to claim the promise that God has made available for us. I want to say very quickly that God's Word is quick. Like we saw, and powerful, he um, says, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of the soul and the what and the spirit. And then we also saw that it's a design, designer of the art thoughts and intent of the of the art. It's so powerful. It's quick and powerful. Um, it, 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 it's sharper like we said than any two-edged sword. Can pierce even to the dividing of the world, of the soul and the spirit. And he can also design what is in their thoughts and um, what are the intents of that particular art. Today and tonight, by the grace of God, we want to do an in-depth study of um, the spiritual work of the Word of God um, and how it provides rest for God's people who believe in Him. Um, How does it bring about rest for the people of God who believe in Him? And we are going to be examining this particular topic under two subheadings, namely the significance of the Word of God in the life of a believer. We're going to look at John chapter 1, verses 1 to 3. And then we're also going to look at the spiritual work of God's word in the life of the believer. The spiritual work of God's word in the life of the believer. So let's very quickly take off by looking at the significance of God's word in the life of a believer. And I'd like you to open your Bible to John chapter 1. We're going to read the first three verses. Of John chapter one, the Bible says in the beginning was the word. He said, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He said, the same was in the beginning with God. That means the word was in the beginning with God. And then he said in verse three, said all things were made by Him. All things came into existence by the word of God. And without him, that is, without the word of God, was not anything made that was made. So, you can see the the totality of the scripture is wrapped up in those first three verses. Right from the beginning, God's word has been dear. And then we can see that nothing that we see today uh, in existence, Without that word of God, so that's what we are going. We are going to be seeing what makes that word of God significant today in the life of those of us who call ourselves children of God. The truth is that, as for many of us as believers, we are where we are because we lack the benefits of the word of God. Many of us are sick because we do not know the benefits that God has made available through His Word for our healing. Many of us are having challenges in our marriages because we do not know what the Word of God has made available for us. And uh, uh, there's so much power, there's so much power in the Word of God to make you what you are supposed to be as a child of God. So I want to start tonight by, as we discuss the issue of the significance of God's word in our lives as children of God. That just as science, when you, when those of us who read science, um, it talks about kinetic power and what and potential power. Um, while kinetic power is possessed by a moving body. Um, potential power is possessed by what? By a stationary body. And uh, in biblical concept, potential power is the power that is deposited in us as believers, which can which we can only exert when we have the word of God in us. I want you to know that as a child of God, you are a man and a woman with a, with, with with God's power inside of you. But listen to me until we what until we we begin we have the word of God in us. It will look as if we carry nothing. It will look as if we carry nothing. In John chapter one, from verses one to three, which we just read, there are four things that we can see there, four or five things, and I will quickly mention them. Number one, it talks about the integrity, um, God's integrity. Um, that is fully behind the word um, God. One of the things that we must take note as children of God is that God can joke with His name, but He will never joke with His word. He will never, never joke. In Jeremiah chapter one verse twelve, God was having a conversation with Jeremiah. And then when you go to verse 12, he said, And the Lord said unto him, Thou hast well seen. He said, For I will hasten my word to do what? To perform it. That's God's integrity and he's fully behind his word. He does not joke with his word. Beloved, we need to go back to the word of God. Hold on to the word of God. Because God will never joke with his word. He said, I will hasten my word to perform. Can I pray for somebody tonight that God will hasten his word to perform it in your life in the mighty name of Jesus? In the book of Numbers chapter 23, Numbers chapter 23, um, verse 19. Numbers chapter 23, verse 19. I like to read verse 19 of Numbers chapter 23. He said, God is not a man that he should lie. Neither the Son of Man that he should repent. Has he said it, and shall he not do it? Or has he spoken, and shall he not make it good? God is not man. Beloved, I know there are a lot of challenges all over the place, but I want you to know that God is not a man. Every word that he has spoken through the Bible, through the scriptures, every word that he has spoken through his servants, he has the capacity to bring them to pass. And He will surely bring them to pass in the mighty name of Jesus. So the first point we get from that John chapter 1, from verses 1 to 3, is that God's integrity is fully behind His word. He said, I will hasten my word to do what? To perform it. And then He says, I have spoken, will I not do what? Will I not make it good? Number two is that the word of God is fully settled in heaven. say, forever, thy word is settled in heaven. And then, it's not subject to earthly situations. Listen to me, the situations, the things that are happening in the world, beloved, cannot change the name of God. Coronavirus, pandemic, or whatever, cannot change the name of God. God remains the almighty God. And in the name of the Lord, He will continue to be... We go to us in the name of Jesus. In the book of Psalm one hundred and nineteen, verse eighty-nine, say, "Forever, O Lord, Thy word is settled in heaven. Forever, O Lord, Thy word is settled in heaven." In John chapter three, verse thirty-one. John chapter 3, verse 31. Please, let's be opening our Bibles. I notice that many of us are just looking. Please open your Bible. It's a Bible study. Let's look at it together. John chapter 3, verse 31. He said, He that cometh from above is above all, and he that is of the earth is earthly. And speaketh of the earth. He that cometh from heaven is what? Is above all. And speaketh the word, the things of what? Of heaven. So whatever is happening on earth cannot do what? Cannot change what God has settled in heaven through his word. The word of God is not subject to earthly what? Situations. And that's why when you look at the scriptures, things that were written years ago. They are happening before our eyes today. And you begin to wonder, how come? But the truth is that that is the word of God for you. It is not subject to the things that are happening upon the surface of the earth. So number three thing, number one, we have seen that as far as God is concerned, his his integrity is behind his word. He's standing Behind this word solidly, and number two, we have also seen that the word of God is settled in heaven. Number three, thing I like you to take note of is that this word of God we are talking about stands forever. It cannot change. It stands forever. It stands forever. Isaiah chapter forty, verse eight. Isaiah chapter forty, verse eight. He say, the grass withereth. And the flower faded. But the word of God stands forever. Um, Grasses grow. And after some time they get dried up. Flowers you see them blossom in the morning. And in the evening they are gone. But listen to me. The word of God stands forever. If it worked five years ago. It can still work today. If it worked in the life of that woman. Who believed God for 13 years for 14 years for the fruit of the womb and you are facing the same challenge today i want you to know that that same word of god can work for you and in the name of the lord it will work for you in the mighty name of jesus now the fourth point we get from that john chapter 1 from verse 1 to 3 is that the scriptures cannot be broken the scriptures cannot be broken john chapter 10 verse 35 john chapter 10 verse 35 it says and if if he called them gods unto whom the word of god came and the scriptures cannot be broken I want you to know, like he said in the verse before, he says, Is it not written in your laws? And I said, Ye are gods. And if he calls them gods, that is what it is, because the scriptures cannot be broken. Let me emphasize again that whatever God has said about you through the word of God. It may not it may look as if it is not happening, but don't throw away your testimony, because it will surely come. To pass and in the name of the Lord it will come to pass in the mighty name of Jesus as we continue I want you to take note from that same John chapter 1 verse 1 it says in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God now there's a mystery in this word of God that we need to do what that we need to demystify and um, for just as the Godhead is made up of three personalities so, is the Word of God that has three faces. Now, when you talk about the Godhead, you are talking of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. So, also, this Word of God has what? Three faces. You have the Logos, you have the Rema, and you have the engraved Word of God. In, it has three faces the Logos, the Rema, and the engraved Word of God. Why the locus is the general word of God that communicates his ability to do something, or his general will on a matter. Whenever you hear the word of God, or you are going through the word of God and is communicating his ability to heal, his ability to save, his ability to raise up the dead, or the will of God for your marriage, the will of God for your business. You are talking about the locus of that word. God um, Godhead has, um, is made up of three personalities. So also the Word of God has three faces. We all know, those of us who are conversant with the Word of God, that the Godhead refers to God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And the Bible makes us to know that these are three in what, and they are all in one. And um, we're saying that the Word of God, too, also has three faces. The, the Logos, the, the Rema and the engraved Word of God. And when you talk about the low gods, you are talking about the general Word of God that communicates His ability to do something or His general will on a matter. So every time we go through the Word of God, the written Word of God, or you are hearing the Word of God and all, we are, all that is being done is communicating His ability to heal, His ability to save, His ability to raise the dead and whatever. Is conveying the general will, the will of God concerning your marriage, concerning your business. All you are probably hearing is the logos, the logos of the word of God. And then when you talk about Ramah, you are talking about the word. Um, that the Holy Spirit quickens to a specific person for a specific situation. There are times the Word of God comes and is specific for you and is specific for your situation. It's also the Word of God, but that is actually the Rema, the Rema of the Word of God. And then the engraved Word of God is the implanted Word of God. When the Word of God becomes implanted in us, um, which when we uh, humbly receive it by faith, and go ahead to do what it says we should do. Then we are talking about the what? The engraved Word of God. So we need to know those three phases of the Word of God, the locus of the Word of God, which is communication of the Word of God um, concerning a particular matter or His, his will concerning a particular Issue uh, or the rema, which is um, the Holy Spirit, the word the Holy, the word that the Holy Spirit quickens to a specific person for a specific situation, or the engraved word of God, the word that has been implanted in us, um, that which which we humbly receive by faith, and uh, we don't just receive it; we have gone ahead to begin to do what, act upon what that word of God is saying now the point i'm trying to make this evening is the mystery of the word of god and which needs to be what which needs to be demystified and then john chapter 1 verse 1 which is our main test in this session tells us that in the beginning was the word i want you to say after me in the beginning was the word, and he said, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Say it again. The word was God. Now, that in the beginning was the word. That word there, and that word that was with God, and the word that was God, is what we refer to as the Logos, the Logos, the Logos. And then Jesus was the Logos of the Word of God. Is the Logos of the Word. That is presented here to us. Now, at that time, John, who the, the writer of this book of John, faced a very serious problem in writing to the Gentiles. The Gentiles are the non Jews, the, the, the non Jewish world, um, who never heard of the Messiah or the Savior. They never had anything to do with Messiah. They never knew Him. Um, And you know, for me and for you, the Messiah and the Savior, Jesus Christ, is the center of Christianity. Um, um, The Jews were expecting the Messiah, but the Gentiles never had or had anything to do with Him. So, how was John going to be able to present Christ to the Gentiles, so that they could understand what He was saying? Because why the Jews saw a word, a word, this word that we are talking about, as something that is more than a mere sound? I'm speaking the word now. The Jews see it as more more than a mere sound. Uh, They see it as something that is active and existing. You know, the Gentiles, uh, especially the Greeks, who were philosophers, they saw it from a philosophical angle. They saw it philosophically. When they looked at the nature of the world I mean the Greeks and the Gentiles They saw that things were Orderly Things were not chaotic And they began to tell themselves That look There must be something behind this world There must be something That was behind this world And that thing Was something of of a mind Of a reason Of a power That kept things in order. And this unlimited power that keeps in place was the Word of God. Let me explain again. When they began to see these things in position. Everything working the way they should be working. They were telling themselves that there must be something behind the orderliness of things. There must be a limited power that has kept these things in place. Have you ever imagined why, why the sun has not fallen down? Why the moon, has, the stars don't fall down? Planes fly, they come down. Things that men created. But when you look at the sun, the moon, they have never come down one day. They were saying that, look, there must be something behind it. And then John was able to bring to their notice that that thing behind it was the what? Was the word. It was the word that had put those things in place. The word was seen as a power that made men to think and reason. And um, John utilized the common idea of the Jews and the Gentiles to proclaim Jesus Christ um, the word as the word of God. So he used that idea, that, that of the Jews who believed that the word was more than a mere sound, and that of the, uh, the Gentiles who were were philosophical men and women who saw the world as as what had put things in place the way they should be. So, Jesus Christ, by extension, becomes our what? The expectation, the picture, the pattern, and the very image of what God wished to say to man. There are certain things God wanted to communicate to man. So, when we see what? The picture of Jesus Christ. When we see the pattern of Jesus Christ. When we see the image of Jesus Christ. You don't need to ask anymore who who God is or what He wants to say to us. That word like we see in John chapter 14. Was made flesh. He said, and "The Word was made flesh, and dwelt amongst us. The Word was made flesh. Now, flesh here yeah, means man's nature with all his weakness and tendency. And dwelt among men, and we beheld is what we beheld. That is, we actually saw with our physical eyes. Is what is glory. I want to say that Jesus Christ is the Word of God." Who came to the earth to live out the written word of God? He came to the earth to live out the written word of God. I'm trying to demystify the word of God. And Jesus Christ is the word of God. He came to the earth to live out, to show us the word of God. Is the mind, is the supreme reason and the power that made and keeps things in what? In order. When we learn about Jesus, when we come to know about Jesus, we are able to know how to keep things where they are supposed to be. Jesus Christ is the light and the illumination that penetrates the darkness of the world. Is the light, Is the illumination that penetrates. The world today is full of darkness. But when we invite Jesus to take his rightful place, those darkness that we see all over the place, they will give way. They will give way. That's why it's so important and paramount for our rest. It's so important and paramount for our rest. I want you to know that when we talk about the Word of God, we are talking about the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Because through Him, we can know the mind of God. We can know the reason of God. We can know the way God wants us to go in the things we are doing in this world. The Word of God provides the material for the Holy Spirit to be creative. I'm talking about certain things that the Word of God does in our lives. Let's go to the beginning of the Bible, Genesis chapter 1, from verse 1 to 2. And in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. You can see what the beginning is telling us in Genesis chapter 1, and what is telling us in what in John chapter 1. Verse one, he say, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And then in John chapter one, he say, in the beginning was the what? was the word. So the word was there when He created the heaven and the earth. And that earth that God created in verse two, he said, was without form; it was void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. So the world that we see today is not the same word God created that God created in the beginning. That word was empty, nothing in it. It was full of darkness and then it it had no shape. It had no shape. And then we are told that the Spirit of God moved upon the face of of the earth. And in verse 3, it says, And God said, Let there be light. And there was light. That was the word of God being spoken again. Let there be light. And there was light. So it was that word that God provide that, that, that provided the material for the Holy Spirit that was moving upon the surface of the earth to, do what? to bring into existence light in the place of darkness. Let there be light. It became a material for the Holy Spirit to go ahead to do what God was saying, was asking to be done. That word also provides us what? Access into the presence of God. And it activates faith in us to do mighty things. When we talk about this word of God, that's what brings us to the presence of God. That's why I say, I'm the way, the truth, and the word, and the life. When we come with the word of God, we enter into God's presence. And then that word goes ahead to activate faith in us to do mighty things. In Romans chapter 10, verse 17, it says, So then, faith comment by hearing, hearing the word of God. You know, as I'm speaking now, you are hearing the word of God and it's raising your faith. When we run away from the word of God, we keep coming down and down and down in faith. And when the challenges of life comes, it becomes difficult for us to be to succeed um, in them. I also want to say that the word of God gives us authority over demonic what, powers and unpleasant situations that we face. We remember the story of Jesus after fasting for for. Forty days and forty nights, and, and then had, and the next person that will come was the devil, coming to tempt him. Jesus succeeded because of what? Because of what? Because of what? Because he had the word of God. Is that the word of God is what gives us authority over what unpleasant situations? In Matthew chapter four, verse four, he said, and he answered and said, "It is written. It is written." He was speaking the word of God. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And in verse 7, the same thing, he used the word of God again. In verse 10, he also used the word of God today. The same temptations Adam faced that he could not use the word of God. It was what Jesus faced. And because he had the word of God, he was able to succeed over him. What were the temptations? In 1 John chapter 2, verse 16. First John chapter 2, verse 16. Let's read from verse 15. Say, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, he said, number one, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. These were the same temptations. Jesus Christ faced The first one, he says, he he was hungry and he said, look, command these stones to become what? Bread. That was the what? That was the lust of the what? Of the flesh. Wanting to satisfy human and what? Fleshy appetite. But he used the word of God and he succeeded over it. The second one was what? He took him what? To the pinnacle of the temple and showed him the beauties of the city and the word and he said look these things i'm going to give to you if you what if you bow before me and worship me and then he gave him the word again it is written thou shall not tempt the lord thy god that was what the lust of the eyes and then the third one is if only you will do what you will took him to the mountain if only you will fall down and worship me this will be made available for you. The loss of the word, the pride of life. But because he had the word of God, he will always say it is written. It is written. He succeeded. I pray for you that by the reason of the word of God, you will also succeed in the mighty name of Jesus. Number four is that this word of God enables us to enter into the realm of prosperity. Don't forget we are still discussing about the significance of the word of God in the life of a believer. In Joshua chapter 1, verse 8, Joshua was telling the children of Israel. He said, This book of the law must not depart out of thy mouth. He said, But thou will meditate on it what? Day and night. He said, You will observe to do the things that are what? That are written. Dearing. He said, because when you do that, you will make your way prosperous and then you will have what? Good success. As children of God, the word of God must not depart out of our mouth. That is the only way we can make our way prosperous and we can have what? Good success. Good success comes from meditating on the word of God. And in Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 18, say, Thou shalt remember the Lord thy God. It says, because it is he that gives the word power to get wet. If you are going to prosper and get wet, you must do what? You must remember God and the word of God. And number five, this word of God we are talking about breaks the power of sin in the life of a man and a woman. The word of God breaks the power of sin in the life of a man and woman. In the book of Psalm 119, verse 11, 119, verse 11, it says, Thy word have I hid in my heart, that I might not sin against thee. When a believer hides the word of God inside his mind, inside his heart, it will be difficult for him to do what? To sin against God and walk out of the way of the Lord. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, Verse 16, he said, all scripture is given by what? By the inspiration of God. Everything you see in the Bible is inspired by God through the Spirit of God. He said, and it's profitable for what? For doctrine, for reproof, to correct us in our ways, uh, to give us power over sin, for correction. He said, for what? That's where I'm going, for instruction in what? In righteousness. So that the man of God may become what? Perfect. Thoroughly furnished unto what? Unto our good works. And then this word of God also leads us through the right path. When a child of God has the word of God and lives according to the word of God, he will walk on the right path. He will walk on the right path. In the book of Psalm 119, verse 105, it says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. The word is a light lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. So when we have the word of God, we are led through the what, through the right path. We don't make mistakes. We don't run away from where we are supposed to be as children of the Lord. Praise the Lord. We also want to know, how do we receive? We are still talking about the significance of this word. How do we receive the word of God? We receive the word of God, number one, by hearing. I'm speaking the word of God now and you are listening to me. Through listening and hearing the word of God, we receive the word of God. When we open our ears to hear what God is saying, we receive the word of God. and In Romans chapter 10, verse 17, I'll keep making reference to that particular part of the Bible, which many of us know very well, again and again. It says, well, so then, faith comes by what? By hearing. When we keep hearing the word of God, we faith comes. And that hearing is by what? By the word of God. That hearing is by the word of God. So number one is by hearing the Word of God. Before we leave there, i like us to also look at Deuteronomy chapter 31. Deuteronomy chapter 31, verses 11 and 12. He says, When all Israel is come to appear before the Lord thy God, in the place which he shall choose, thou shalt read. Thou shalt read this law before all the Israel in their hearing. Read it to their hearing. So, this word of God comes by what? By hearing. It says, gather the people together, men and women and children, and thy stranger that is within thy gates, that they may hear, that they may do what? That they may hear, and that they may learn and fear the Lord your God, and observe to do all the words of this law." So, this, we receive the word of God by hearing it. Number two, we also receive the word of God by reading it. Every time we read God's word, we receive the word of God. Every time we go through um, the scriptures, we receive the word of God. In Deuteronomy chapter 12, Deuteronomy chapter 12, open your Bible, um, verses, verses 18 and 19. Verses 18 and 19. He said, And thou must eat before the Lord thy God, in the place which the Lord thy God shall choose. Thou and thy daughter, and thy manservant, and thy maidservant, and the levice that is within the gates, and thou shalt rejoice before the Lord thy God in all that thou puttest thy hands unto. Take it to thyself that thou forsake not the levice as long as thou livest upon the earth. So, um, our eating. Must be true what as we go through the word of God, but to take heed that we do not forsake the Levites as long as we live upon the surface of the earth. And then um, we also receive the word of God by studying it, by studying it. Second Timothy chapter two, verse fifteen. Please open to it. Second Timothy chapter two, verse fifteen. It says, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. We are to study to show ourselves approved of God. And then we can only be approved of God when we study the word of God. We, and by so doing, we are able to receive the word of God. And then finally, we receive the word of God through meditation. True meditation. In Joshua chapter one verse 8, that we read earlier on, he said this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate upon it day and night. In first Timothy chapter four, verse fifteen, he said, Meditate upon these things. Give thyself holy, give thyself completely to them, that thy profiting may appear to all. And what the scripture is saying as you give yourself to the word of God. You will see the benefits. You will get the profits. You will get the gains. The truth is that if you give, like I said, if you give the word of God this place in your life, you will not miss your place in life. A lot of us are missing our places in life today because we don't have time for the word of God. I keep encouraging those around me. I keep encouraging my children. Take time to dwell on the word of God. I remember the story of a woman years ago who gave testimony and said, every time I go through the word of God, especially the gospel, she was a full-time housewife. He said, I just noticed that the things I'm doing, they are done faster than they should be done. Washing of place, cooking, they are done stress-free. That means the word of God has a word, has a place in our lives. No man can live a word-based life and remain ordinary. You can't live a life that is based on the word of God and still remain what? Ordinary. You must become a what? A man of God's word. And then a man that is filled with the word, with the Spirit of God. Those who build on giftings only never last. Thank God for men of God. Thank God for children of God. Some of us based our our, our lives on what? On our giftings alone. Gifts are okay, but you've seen people go up, they come down. The gifts may not do or may not be able to carry you to where God has purpose. Thank God for where you are now, but I want you to know that God desires a higher ground for you. And it is only those who build on the word of God that can stand the test of time. I want us to go back to the word of God. No matter what you are facing today, there is an answer in the word of God. No matter the challenges of your life, there's a way out through the word of God. And I want to encourage you today in the name of the Lord to stand by the word of God. And in the name of the Lord, you will not be disappointed in the mighty name of Jesus. We want to go very quickly to the second part, which is the spiritual work of God's word in the life of a believer. What is the spiritual work of the word of God in the life of the believer? So let's go back to where we are doing our expositions from. We've already laid the foundation last last Tuesday. um, From verse 12, Hebrews chapter 4, verse twelve says, For the word of God is quick and powerful, and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing of asunder of soul and spirit, and of the joints and marrow, and is a designer of the thoughts and intents of the heart. In verse 13, he says, Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight, but all things are naked and open unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. Now we have seen from what we have been doing and what I've just read that the word of God is a living is living and powerful, and that the word of God is a designer of the thoughts and intents of the art. It is able to expose our weakness and unbelief. When a child of God is living in hypocrisy, when a child of God is living in unbelief, the Word of God with time will expose it with utmost accuracy. It will expose it with utmost accuracy. And then as believers, I want to say that we are to submit ourselves to the Word of God. Not for intellectual reasons, not just for intellectual reasons, not just to gain educational value alone. I want to have masters. I want to have PhD in theology. I think the word of God is more than that. They are good. They are important. But we need to know the word of God. We need to have an experiential knowledge of the word of God. And, um, and it is more, like I said, not for intellectual purposes, but for the work of the ministry. We need to get closer to the work of God for the word to the word of God for the work of the ministry. Because listen to me, the Holy Spirit only ministers powerfully through the Word of God. If all I've been doing since is just telling you one story or the other, it will be difficult for the Holy Spirit to move. But if what I am sharing is the Word of God, you see, I will esteem my word to perform it. God is what God is encouraged. And he goes ahead through the Holy Spirit of God to powerfully do what? Powerfully hasten his word to accomplishment. Uh, I want us to know that the word of God through the Spirit of God is very, very important. In John chapter 6, verse 63, Jesus was speaking to those who were around him and he said, listen, he said, it is the spirit that quickeneth. I was saying in one of my in one of my ministrations recently that there's so much work of the flesh. A lot of men and women working in the flesh today in the house of God. And that's why many things are not working. Jesus is saying, Yeah, it is only the spirit that does what? That quickeneth. Listen to me. He said, the flesh will profit nothing. In Romans chapter 8, I think verse 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 6 it says those that are in the flesh they cannot do what? they cannot please God. There's no way a man can please God as long as he's continuing to walk in the flesh. Because that man remains condemned. It is only a man that is walking in the spirit according to the law of the spirit that is not condemned. That is no longer condemned. As long as we continue to walk in the flesh Apart from the fact that the arm of flesh will fail you, you remain condemned. Listen to the last part of that. It says, the, the, the flesh profited nothing. Says, the words that I speak unto you, they are what? They are spirit and they are what? And they are life. And that is the spiritual work of the word of God that we are talking about. When we speak the word of God, the Holy Spirit goes ahead to back up that word for accomplishment of what God is Wanting to do, and that is because God's word is the is is the sharp sword that cuts into our innermost being in order to discern whether our thoughts and motives are spiritual or flesh. God's word is the one that t- t- cuts into our inner being. To see where there are sicknesses and diseases and heals us. That's why the man of God can be preaching the word of God. The man of God can be ministering the word of God. And people can be healed. Because the word of God carries the power to do what? To cut through our innermost mind. It has two edges. It either costs to save our lives or what? Or judge us into internal life. So it's a two edged sword, like we have seen. In John chapter twelve, verse forty eight. John chapter twelve verse forty eight. He said he that rejected me and received not my words as not as one that judgeth him. The word that I have spoken, the same shall judge him in that last day. So the word of God comes to save. But as many will also refuse it, will judge them what? Into what? Into eternal condemnation. When the word of God is ministered in the Spirit, I want to mention some things that will happen. And when those things begin to happen, your rest is guaranteed. It will make you to have the required rest. Number one, when that word of God is ministered in the Spirit, it will bring true health. It will bring fruitfulness. It will bring prosperity. And it will bring success to what we do. The word of God is what we need for what? For healing. For what? For fruitfulness and for prosperity. Look at uh, in, in the book of Psalm 1. Um, when you begin to read from verse one, he says, "Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of the sinners, nor seated in the seat of the scornful." He says, "But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law does he meditate day and night." He says, "And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water." And that bringeth forth whose what his fruits in his season, and his leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. So, for anyone who delights in the word of God uh, and in the law of the Lord, meditating upon it day and night, is going to. Is likely to very largest and be a man whose what whose leaf will not wither, and whatever the man touches, he enjoys the prosperity of God. I want to say that the word of God is also what? And you see, where prosperity comes through the word of God, where success comes through the word of God, where true earth comes through the word of God, where fruitfulness comes through the word of God, you will enjoy satisfaction, you will enjoy fulfillment. And that, will, that is the rest that we are talking about. God's word is also a source of strength to the believer. It's also a source of strength to the believer. In Psalm 119 verse 28, 119 verse 28 it says my soul melted for heaviness strength strengthen me strengthen down me according to thy word strengthen down me according to thy word so the word of god is what is a source of strength for the believer number two i want to say that the word of god has healing power it carries the power to heal the power to deliver from oppression and to save from sin. The word of God is so powerful that it can do what? It can deliver from oppression. It can save from sickness. it can do what? He can save us from what? From sin. In the book of Psalm 107, verse 20. Psalm 107, verse 20. He says, He sent his word. Look at that. He sent his word. And his word healed them and delivered them from their destruction. He sent Ah, tonight I want to send the word of God to as many who are sick in their body, that in the name of the Lord, be healed in the mighty name of Jesus. He says, by his strength, we were made whole. That is the word I am sending to you tonight, into your situation, that in the name of the Lord, you are healed in the name of Jesus. In the book of Matthew chapter 8, Matthew chapter 8, verse 8, He says, the centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that thou shouldest come under my roof, but speak the word only, and my servant shall be healed. Just speak the word, and my servant shall be healed. Just speak the word, and my servant shall be healed. And in verse 6, when the evening was come, They brought unto him many that were were possessed with devils. And he cast out the spirit with his word and healed all that were sick. The word of God has inherent power and authority against demonic powers. I don't know whether you are under the oppression of the devil There are two or three people listening to me tonight, and you cannot sleep. You cannot sleep. You have just find out that you cannot sleep. I speak to that force, demonic force over your life, causing you to have sleepless nights. I command, out in the mighty name of Jesus. And in the name of the Lord, I declare you healed tonight. In the name of God the Father, and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. In Luke chapter 4, verse 36, And they were all amazed, and spake among themselves, saying, What a word is this? For with authority and power, he commanded unclean spirits, and they come out. So through the word of God, he commanded unclean spirits, and they came out of him. The word of God cleans us, number three. Our ways will be clean if we take heed to the word of God. If we take heed to the word of God in Psalm one hundred and nineteen, verse eleven, it said, "I word have I heed in my heart that I will do what that I will not sin against Thee." That word of God keeps us from sin as we hide the word of God in our hearts. Any child of God who hides the word of God in his heart will be clean, will be cleansed by the word of God, because the word of God carries what carries. It's a means of sanctification it's um, it carries the word the cleansing water of what of sanctification in john chapter 17 verse 17 and uh, jesus was speaking this sanctify them through thy truth he said thy word is truth thy word is truth and number four when the word of god is ministered through the holy spirit it becomes a source of cancer and guidance, as we delight in it. For as many who delight in the Word of God, they are able to receive cancer, they are able to receive what? Guidance through the Word of God. Open your Bible to Psalm 119, verse 24. Psalm 119, verse 24. I will read Psalm 119, verse 24. It says that testimonies are what? are my delights. And my word, and my counselors. The word of God is a source of illumination and guidance. Everyone who carries the word of God will never miss his way. When the word of God comes, light comes in, and it makes wise the word, the simple. And there is what? There is understanding. In the book of Psalm 119, verse 130, Psalm 119, verse 130. He says, says, the entrance of thy words giveth what? Light. It giveth understanding to the word, to the simple. Number five, the word of God gives peace to those who love it as they are secure, standing in safe place. When a man has the word of God, goes with the word of God, when the word of God is dwelling in the life of a man and woman, he will do what? He will have the peace of God. In the same Psalm 119, verse 160, 165, Psalm 119, verse 165, it says, Great peace have they that love the law. The Lord, there is the Word of God. Great peace have they that love the law, and nothing shall offend them. Right? Now, women who love the Word of God, nothing shall offend them. And they will enjoy great peace. Number six is that the word of God brings forth fruits when heard and understood. You remember the parable of the sower that Jesus was talking about in Matthew chapter 13, um, in verse 23. Those that fell on very good soil were the ones that grew and then brought forth much fruits. The word of God is is the evidence of being what? The true disciples, as we abide in it. When a child of God abides in the Word of God, it makes him to be what? It's an evidence that is a true disciple of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. In John chapter eight, verse thirty-one, John chapter eight, verse thirty-one, um, Jesus was speaking. There, he then said to those. Jews who believed on him. If ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed. As many who continue in the word of God, they are the true disciples of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Number seven is that this word gives us an assurance of salvation as we hold on to it. As we hold on to the word of God, we have the assurance that we are what? That we are saved. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, Verse 22. First Corinthians chapter 15, verse 22. He said, For as in Adam all died, even as in Christ shall all be what? Shall all be made alive. So as we hold on to the word of God, we, uh, we are what? We are saved. It is also the believer's source of spiritual growth. Every child of God who is dwelling in the word of God will grow spiritually. In 1 Peter chapter 2, I'll read verses 2 and 3. 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 2 and 3. As newborn babes desire what? The sincere meek of the word, that ye may grow thereby. If so be ye have tasted that the Lord word is gracious. So, as children of God who want to grow, we must desire the word. The sincere meek of the word of God, so that we can grow. If we are not close to the word of God, if we don't desire the meek of the word of God, it will be difficult for us to grow as children of God. I want to say that the, the, the word of God is what in, in Second in First Corinthians chapter two. First Corinthians chapter two, from verses one to five, it also amplifies it the very well. Um, it gives us an assurance of our salvation and also a source of what? Of spiritual growth. He said, And I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with the excellency of speech, or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God, for I determined not to know anything among you, save Jesus Christ, him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech And my preaching was not with the enticing words of man's wisdom, but in the demonstration of the Spirit and what and of power, Um, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. So the Word of God helps us to put our faith in God and not just in men. It also, number eight, helps us to pass from death to life. When a man carries the Word of God, he's able to do what? Is able to go from what? From death to what? To life. James chapter 1, let's please read them verse 21. It say, Wherefore lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness and receive with meekness the engrafted word of God, which is able to do what? To save your soul. So when we receive with meekness the engrafted word of God, We are passed from what? From death to life because it's able to save our souls. Number nine is that the word of God builds faith as the Holy Spirit works with great power as the word of God is preached. Every time the word of God is preached, the Holy Spirit is always there to back up the word of God. In Acts chapter 10 verse 41, 41, it says, to all people, but unto witnesses chosen before God, even to us who did eat and drink with him, after he rose from the dead. Verse forty four yeah. why Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all them which had the word. So you can see what the word of God does. The Holy Spirit fell upon them. Um, as they had the word of God. This is also the sword of the spirit, as it is the equipment for spiritual battle, especially in the idea of what of an offensive weapon. In the book of Ephesians, chapter 6, um from 12-13, verse, 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 verse we began to see the various weapons of our warfare. What the weapons that God has made available for us to be able to fight the what the against what principalities. And powers. And in Ephesians chapter six, verse seventeen, Ephesians chapter six, verse seventeen, it says, "And take the element of what of salvation, and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God." So the word of God is the sword of the spirit. And there in that Ephesians chapter six, you have about six, I maybe mean seven, what weapons that God has made available for the believer uh, to battle the enemy. And then, majorly, you have two of them as offensive, while the other ones are defensive. And one of them that is for, that's an offensive weapon is actually the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God that I'm talking about. So, when a child of God knows the Word of God and has the Word of God, is able to go on offensive against the devil, instead of uh, there are many of us all we do is react 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 but when a child of god has the, he's always ahead of the devil he's always ahead of the devil in conclusion we've been able to see that um, the word of god carries the capacity to diagnose the condition of a man's heart. Um, and what art does it do it, it opens up the heart and accurately designs the what? The spiritual state of that man. So if a man is deceiving himself, if a man is not serious with God and the things of God, the word of God is able to place him where he's supposed to be. And that same word determines those who will enter into God's rest. It's the word of God that determines whether you have faith is the word of God. It brings peace, it brings deliverance from oppression and salvation. It brings fulfillment in our daily Christian living and walk with the Holy Spirit of God. And that is what empowers the ministry of the Word of God to walk deeply in our hearts by delivering the rest that God has made available for us and the people of God. I want to say that that Word of God, any believer who wants to enjoy the rest that Jesus provides, therefore, must what must continuously look himself in the mirror of God's word. Let the word of God become your mirror and then um, see whether you are living your life according to the word of God and then um, you also ensure that you draw near to Jesus Christ as our high priest. Um, by the grace of God, that's what we'll be looking at next week, the sympathetic high priest and now we can receive the rest that God provides um, through him. I want to thank God once again. We've been able to see the Word of God today. Please don't joke with the Word of God. Don't joke. Don't ever joke with the Word of God. The Word of God must be something that, especially in a time like this, there are there's a pandemic, there are issues with our jobs, there are challenges here and there. But I want you to know something. Put your mind on God and the things of God. And in the name of the Lord, that word of God will go ahead of you. Make way for you. Do the work of healing for you. Cause you to prosper and cause you to live in good health. And I will hear your testimony to the glory of the name of the Lord. In the name of God the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. I want us to bow down our heads and, and rise up on our feet. To begin to thank God for the word of God that we have heard as I want you to say, Baba, thank you for your word that has been a blessing to us today. It's our time of prayer. It's the time that we are praying. Thank you for your word that has been a blessing to me today. I want you to begin to pray, Baba. I receive the rest that the word of God has made available for me today. The rest that the word of God has made available for my family today. I receive it in the mighty name of Jesus. I receive the rest that the word of God has made available for me. In the name of God the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Number two prayer is from Isaiah chapter 26, verse 3. Isaiah chapter 26, verse 3. Please, if you don't mind, can you open your Bible to Isaiah 26 verse 3? Say thou wilt keep in what? In perfect peace. Whose mind is what? Stayed on thee. Because he trusted in what? In thee. You are going to say say after me, say, Baba, I receive grace to focus on you. And have my mind stayed on thee. And trust you. So that you will keep me in perfect peace. In the mighty name of Jesus, I receive the grace to focus on you. Oh yeah, pray, I pray. I receive the grace to focus on you. Oh, I receive grace to have my mind stayed on you. I receive grace to trust you, so that you will keep me in perfect peace. In the mighty name of Jesus, I receive the grace, our Lord and our God, about to have my mind stayed on you. In the mighty name of Jesus, pray that prayer. Pray that prayer. Pray that prayer. Say. Baba, I receive grace to unite with the living active word of God, with diligent faith, oh I receive grace to receive the word of God, to unite myself with the word of God with faith, so that I can obey God's word and claim the promises of God. I want to be able to claim the promises of God. I want to be able to obey the Word of God and I receive grace today. Oh, grace to unite with the living Word of God. Grace to unite with the living Word of God. Oh, so that I can be able to do what obey the Word of God and claim the promise of God. In the mighty name of Jesus. Number four prayer, open your Bible to Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 12. Say, Then said the Lord unto me, Thou hast well seen, for I will hasten my word to perform it. I will hasten my word to perform it. Say this prayer after me, Say, Baba, hasten your word of peace and rest that you have spoken into my life performance in the mighty name of Jesus. I want you to pray that prayer. Every word that you have spoken into my life, the word of peace, the word of rest, ah, that you have spoken into my life, let there be a performance, a still need to performance in the mighty name of Jesus. We remind you, we bring to your remembrance men and women that are passing through one challenge or the other in their place of work, our Lord and our God, in ministry, in their homes, in their marriages, our Lord and our God, we command, we speak the word of peace and rest. Ah, our Lord and our God, that you will bring to a performance in the mighty name of Jesus. And then finally, I want you to pray, Baba, divine rest is my portion in the mighty name of Jesus. I want you to begin to pray that prayer. Divine rest is my portion in the mighty name of Jesus. Oh, our Lord and our God, divine rest is the portion of your people in the mighty name of Jesus. Divine rest is the portion of your people in the mighty name of Jesus. Let's begin to bring our prayers to a close. In the name of God the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Shall we pray? Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, our Lord and our God, we thank you for this wonderful privilege and opportunity to study at your feet. We want to thank you for that which you have made us to see today, that through your word we can have rest. I pray that as your people go back our Lord and our God focusing on you and focusing on your word. Baba, let your rest, let your peace become the portion in the name of Jesus. The kind of peace that will take away sicknesses, the kind of peace that will take away financial challenges. Our Lord and our God, through your word let there be a release in the name of Jesus. That from now on we will no longer joke with your word. From now on, we will become serious and attached to your word. That from now on, our Lord and our God will look unto you through your word And in the name of the Lord We will not be disappointed in Jesus' name Thank you, Daddy, for everything Blessed be your name alone In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed Amen, Amen. Please, we will continue from here next week And we will be looking at the concluding part of the expository teaching In um, chapter 4 of, um, of, of of the book of hebrews that we are reading and like i said we'll be looking at the sympathetic high priests and them i believe god that the lord god will help us and we'll all enjoy the rest of god in the mighty name of jesus amen if you have questions please put them write them and those of us who are on facebook you can also put your questions there we'll get them answered for you because one of the ways we can enjoy this peace, a lot of people are troubled because they don't have answers to the challenges they are facing. You can put your questions there and we we'll believe by the leading of the Holy Spirit. Answers will be provided. And in our various centers too, please let's engage ourselves and ask questions, answer those questions, the ones we feel that we cannot answer. We're going to take one of these um, days to just... Present some of these questions and answer them. And I believe in the name of the Lord. I will hear your testimony of rests in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Mm.